Thank you, Michael. All right. When kings go off to war. When kings go off to war is probably the most important sentence in this passage. There's a lot that goes on in that passage. This whole story, um, but the whole thing is, is, is held on the idea that when kings go off to war. See, at this time period, they didn't have standing armies. That wasn't a normal thing. So armies would go to the, uh, would would go to field, go to the war from about April to June. After the spring rains had ended and uh, the peasant military had been able to bring in their crops and and so this is about the time period that kings would attend to their wars, fight for territory. Um, Conquer more territory. Uh, this is about the time where we would think like purchasing more land. They would go get more land at this time period. And so the kings go off to war. Now David, he doesn't go. His advisors say, no, 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 you're too important. You don't need to go. We'll just send Joab, the most trusted general to lead the army and you stay behind and take care of the bureaucracy. The day-to-day running of the kingdom. Which is now the normal activity. But back then, it states, when kings go off to war, the kings led the battle. Now, when the kings go off to war, David is walking around on his roof which is actually quite natural. Flat roofs at that time period were used for sleeping, living arrangements. And um, this is a passage that will haunt David and affect all of Israel for the rest of David's life and throughout. David and Bathsheba, they have a problem. They, the... uh, David is out, and he, he looks down, and he sees a woman bathing. She's purifying herself from uh, the time of her monthly period, which in the Duke of Deuteronomy talks about there's a certain rituals you have to go through in a certain period of time. You have to be away from other people, other, uh, and abstain from sex during a certain period of time. And... and um, but the problem doesn't start with sex. The problem doesn't start that, that he lusted after her. It, wasn't, it was a horrible thing. This happens, especially with the power dynamic. In today's society, we would say this is rape. In today's society, because of the power dynamic, a difference, he is the king. Uh, at that time period, I'm not sure we would say that. But it doesn't, the problem doesn't start with sex. The problem doesn't start with the phone call that says, hey, who is this woman? Bring her here. 
you know, David does use messengers, so all their attempts to keep it quiet, you know, is out the window. <laughs> you know, a secret is only a secret as long as you're the only one who knows it. But that's not where the problem starts. The problem doesn't start with Bathsheba taking a bath on her roof. Actually, it was fairly common practice. You use the sun to heat the water in a time period before there was hot water heaters. And the only one who would have been able to see her would have been David up in his palace because it was bigger than everything else. Everyone else's houses would have been about the same level. That's not where the problem is. The problem doesn't even begin with his lustful sexual attraction. Yes, he should have turned around, walked away, put her image out of his head, resisted temptation. But the human reaction to sexual attraction, that's not even where the problem starts. The problem starts that David is not where he's supposed to be. When kings go off to war, David is at home in his castle, wandering around because he's bored, not where he's supposed to be. And I think on this passage, I think how much do... The Bible, we're not supposed to be. How much do our own temptations get the better of us when we're not supposed to be? I mean, sin happens to all people. But look at the Bible. One of the most telling things in there when sin happens, it's a directional issue. I mean, we'll look at a, a very common one, Jonah. You guys remember the story of Jonah, right? Yeah, right? He hears from God, says, go up to Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrians, your enemy, and go tell them about God and ask for forgiveness and tell them to repent. And he goes, I'm going to head as far the other direction as I can. There's a directional problem. Or Aaron, when the priest, when Moses goes up on the mountain and Aaron is supposed to be in the temple worshiping God at the feet, what is he doing? He's in his melting shop making an idol. Or Judas, when he, defined, when he uh, betrays Jesus, John 13, 30, he says he left the disciples. He makes a choice to leave the disciples to go make this bargain. But the most telling of all of them, this is my, my favorite one. Both Adam and Cain, the very first sins in the Bible, right? The very next, very next word that God speaks to them is where. Adam sins. And he hides, where are you? Cain sins and kills his brother. And he says, where is your brother? Where is the next, the very next word of God? 
think about how important that is if our directional choices, our location, what we choose to do affects our own life and our sin patterns in our lives. Ecclesiastes 3.1 tells us there's a time for everything under the sun and everything that happens outside of its proper place is wrong. David's problem, he has a sexual affair. Now, sex is a wonderful, God-given event between man and woman in the confines of marriage. In its proper place, it is a wonderful thing. Anything outside of that, including pornography, is in its wrong place. But it doesn't have to be just sex. I mean, think about our overeating problem. Usually you're tired, you're bored, you're... And you're going to the fridge to solve one of those issues. And it doesn't solve either one of them. I mean, I've been there, right? Because you're watching the movie. And you've got to have the popcorn. And regular popcorn is no good. Let's have caramel popcorn because it's better. Does it make you feel better? Absolutely not. Did it fulfill any of its promises to make you less bored? No, of course not. That's why you opened it again 10 minutes later. But if you were addressing the issue of you're bored and you're tired, where you're supposed to be, that's your body telling you you've got some issues, you wouldn't be in the fridge overeating. What do you think about gossip? I mean, if we were where we were supposed to be, we wouldn't be sitting there idly chatting about someone else and someone else's problems that we have nothing to do with, right? Well, it's so we can pray. I know. And coveting. When we lust after our neighbor's stuff or our neighbor's wife or our neighbor's house or our neighbor's... Lifestyle. Because we're not dealing with our own stuff. We're in our neighbor's business, not ours. How many of our sins in our life are because we're not where we're supposed to be? And it doesn't have to be just physically. I mean, we can be Yes, literally in the wrong spot. You've got a problem with alcohol? Don't be in the bar. You've got a problem gossiping with that person? Don't hang out with them at the place you gossip. You don't have a problem with pornography? Don't be in front of your phone or your computer without someone else being present. You have a problem with that person? Every time you see them, your blood boils? Don't be around that person. 
So it could be a physical, but it can also be a mind issue. What we're watching, what we're thinking about. You can be sitting there idly daydreaming about your neighbor's wife. Your mind is not where it's supposed to be. What we dwell on. Think about those emotions, those negative emotions that we dwell on, that you focus on. How many of you guys believe those lies and those things keep coming up in your head and those negative thoughts that someone may or may not have told you or that you may or may not have taken out of contact or what? And you dwell on those. And that's not what the Bible tells us to do. It says to focus on what is pure, what is right, what is untrue. And and we're instead focusing in on, so your mind is not where it's supposed to be. On those emotions. Or maybe it's your soul that's not where it's supposed to be. You know, like Jonah, he physically ran from God. But before he physically runs from God, he has to be spiritually in the wrong place. He's in a place where he's bitter against the Assyrians who are attacking them. And they will eventually conquer Israel. soul sometimes where it's not supposed to be where we're focusing in on other gods oh i know you say i don't worship any other gods gods come in many different forms the spirit of jezebel the spirit of ishtar very much alive here in the united states very much so alive i was reading a book just yesterday actually about the flowers of aphrodite which were worship practices through sex. And you can't tell me this nation doesn't worship on the feet of sex. When we're in the right place, that's in a place where we can resist the temptations that come. When we're surrounded by people that are resisting temptation. When we're not all alone. When we're, when we're right with God. When we're putting our focus on God. When we're turning to Him to solve our problems. Not your refrigerator. When we're, when we're on our knees. When we're focusing on what is pure, what is just, what is righteous. That's when we can resist temptation. That's when we do it. And that's when we fail often because we're not in the right place. So as I think about our next steps, I think about what are we doing with this? Because we can't just say, oh, that was interesting information. That's fantastic. We have to think, where am I? Where are you? 
I know. Some of you are very literal. You're at Laughlin Community Church, 2910. <laughs> Not what I meant. Being here is a good step. But where is your soul? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Not just the Savior who saves you from the punishment of your sins, but the Savior who brought you into a place where you can have a righteous life now. Which is actually more, the Bible talks about our salvation from the life we were living to living a pure life more than it does about the act of stopping us from going to hell. Bible talks more about now than it does then. If it talked more about then, we wouldn't be so in the dark about what exactly is that going to look like. Now. So we have to say, where am I? Are we, am I where am I supposed to be? Am I going to where I'm supposed to be when I won't need those solutions solved? Am I where I'm supposed to be? Mind, body, and soul. Which God says we're supposed to love the Lord our God with our mind, body, and soul. I mean, he's telling us that we have to love God. We need to be there. That's where we need to be. And so we think, what's my next steps? Where do I need to be? Because uh, let's be honest, everyone in this room probably has some place that they go that, they're not, that they don't need to be. I mean, let's just be real. We're all sinners. It's not like we're sinners and God is, you know, we're, most of us are good and then there's that one sinner over here. We're all sinners and there's God. <laughs> um, so we're all in need of grace. And so we all have times where we go the wrong place, you know. For some of you, that is the refrigerator. I know I have temptations with that when I'm bored or frustrated or tired. I learned that from my parents who learned it from their parents. And it's a generational curse. And we have in the United States have a lot of generational curse with that. But some of you, when you're bored, it's the computer. You're frustrated, so you have pornography. Some of you, it's that maybe a substance abuse problem where you're on drugs or on alcohol. or Some of you, you're just turning to a different God. The God of pleasure, the God of football, the God of comfort, the God of... So where are you, and where do you need to be? Father God, right now, I pray that you reveal to us, give us the GPS of where we are in multiple areas of our lives, mind, body, and soul, that we may see where we truly are. Lord, because we want to be directly under you. We want to be following after you. Lord, we want to follow after you when we're at work. We want to follow after you when we're at the store. We want to follow after you when we're in the gym. We want to follow after you when we're doing our taxes. We want to follow after you when we're watching football. We want to follow after you when we're uh, going to, uh, to, to the, uh, out to eat. We want to follow after you in all aspects of our lives, Lord. So show us exactly where we're at so that we may step under you.
and be with you in all aspects of our life. Lord, I pray that you don't have to ask us where because you know exactly where we are. We're right with you. Lord, that's where we want to be. So help us to follow you like the Israelites followed you around the desert. Lord, we want to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to go to a time of invitation, a time we invite you to 